You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, today I have a very simple message for you, and it's simply this. The title of the message is Amazing Faith. Amazing faith. And here's why I'm titling that. It's simply because this. There's a couple times in Scripture, in the life of Jesus specifically, where we see him, um, he is amazed at people's faith. And the first one is the lack of their faith. And so it's a negative one. And the other one is the greatness of their faith. And so um, I guess really the question then is simply this, and I want to phrase this a few different ways today, is this, which would it be for you? If Jesus looked at your life this past week, or maybe your life in general, would he be amazed, as we see Jesus amazed, would he be amazed at your great faith, or would he be amazed at the lack of your faith? in certain situations. And so I want to challenge us to dig a little bit deeper and to reflect a little bit and to let God's word go to work in our heart and, uh, and really take some inventory of where my faith is today. Where is my faith today? And here's why this is important. Because most Christians, I believe, or maybe not most, but many Christians, many Christians live their life with curious doubt rather than mountain-moving faith. Curious doubt is, is simply this. Curious doubt says, well, if it's God's will, then this will happen. If it's God's will, this will happen. And for them, when they pray, they pray with this curious doubt, meaning this, I'm going to pray, but I don't really expect God to do something like right now. And so that's my, my curiosity, right? Like that's, a, I'm, I'm curious enough to pray about it. I don't expect anything to change instantly. There's my doubt, but I hope that it does. It's this curious doubt of like, I'm going to pray in such a way where um, I hope, fingers crossed, something happens. But I don't really expect it to. And here's how you would know. Let's say God led you to lay, uh, maybe to pray for someone for their healing. Or um, let's use that for example. Pray for someone for their healing. And you, you go up and you pray. And they have a physical illness. And when you lay hands on them. And, and let's say you pray and they're instantly healed. What would be your reaction? That's a good representation of do I have curious doubt or do I have mountain moving faith? If I'm blown away and not that I'm not rejoicing, I should rejoice if they're healed. But if I'm like shocked that it actually worked, <laughs> I have curious doubt, right? Like, but if I expect them to be healed when I lay hands on them, as Jesus said, believers, if those who follow me, uh, these signs will follow those that believe in me. If I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. If I believe that, then I have mountain moving faith, right? I shouldn't be surprised, I should be excited and rejoicing in glory to God, but I shouldn't be caught off guard by it. So curious doubt says this, if it's God's will, faith says this, mountain moving faith says, well, I know my father's will because I've spent time with him and his word says this about my situation. That's the difference. It's relationship. Curious doubt says, well, if it's God's will, now there's going to be things in your life. God has a general will and he has a specific will. His general will is his word. Now, he has a specific will for your life that's gonna, you're going to have to hear his voice to hear. But his specific will will never go against his general will. And so that's what we have to realize. Many times people say, well, I heard from God and he said to do this, this, and this. But that doesn't line up with Scripture. And so, no, you didn't hear from God. That's your own flesh talking, your own pride talking, or whatever a motive that you have talking. That's not from God. That's your own self talking. Here's the thing. We've got to quiet ourselves to hear his voice for the specific will. His general will is his word. And so here's the thing. As we look at this, I want to break down just a few simple basic truths. And the first one is this, is that faith pleases God. If I want to live a life that is pleasing to God, I have to have faith. I have to walk in such a way that my life, 
I'm truly walking by faith and not by sight. Meaning this, I'm walking by God's vision and not by my eyesight and what I see in the tangible. doesn't mean I'm denying the physical world. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about do I walk in such a way where I see God's promises in my life before they even show up in the natural, where I can feel them, touch them, and taste them, and see them, and all that good stuff. Am I seeing my life through God's vision? That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And then in Hebrews, obviously, faith pleases God. This is where we see this. Hebrews 11.6 says this, without faith, it's impossible to please him, him being God. And he who comes to God must believe that God is and that he, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's a great insight into how do I build my faith? How do I live a life pleasing to God? It's through faith. How? By diligently seeking him. And I would like to really think about if we would break down for a second and just analyze our own self and say, am I diligently seeking God? You know, like I want to have great faith and I want to pray and see the miraculous, but am I doing the work? Like, am I diligently seeking him? We look at the apostles and we look at the disciples and we say, man, look at the things they did. They cast out demons. They, they healed people. At one point, they're walking and their, even their shadow would pass by sick people and they would be complete and made whole, like crazy stuff happening. But I think uh, we got to realize how devoted they were, how diligent they were in seeking after their Savior and their Lord. If I want some miraculous stuff, i got to diligently seek him. It doesn't mean I quit my day job and I spend all my time just, just studying God's word. Now, that would be great if you could, I guess, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying throughout your day, are you spending it with God? Before I walk into the meeting, before, while I'm on the, the, the job site, man, I used to work in landscaping. I would be out there. And I would have, you know, my earplugs in because I'm on a riding lawnmower or I'm weed eating or I'm edging. I mean, I would be praying. I would just pray in the spirit, pray. I would worship. I'm just spending time with God while I'm going. That's part of diligently seeking him. It's not just I spent my 15 minutes in my quiet time with God today and so I'm good. No, it's, it's a relationship. It's just like you and your spouse, right? If I just spent 15 minutes with Leslie every day and that's the only time I talked to her, it wouldn't be a very healthy relationship and she'd probably smack me around a little bit and rightfully so, right? It's a good thing. Um, so here, let's talk about this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I'm living a life that requires no faith, then I'm not living a life that's pleasing to God. If I'm living a life that requires no faith, that I'm not living a life that's pleasing to God. Now, here's the thing. This is why Jesus, time and time again, he talks about how um, the rich, how it's, it's tough for the rich to inherit the poor. Now, is God against us having uh, money? Is he against us having an abundance of money? No, he's not. But he, he is against money having you. When things have you and money has you and it keeps you from doing what God wants you to do, that's where he draws the line. He says, no, money is your Lord. I'm not your Lord. He doesn't mind you having stuff. He, he's, he is provider. That's his name. He is provider. He wants to meet your needs. However, he doesn't want you to get to a place where you have no need for God until crisis happens. If that's the case, that's, a, that's a, what we call a vending machine God, right? I only go, go to God whenever I want my peanut M&Ms, right? Any other time I don't need my peanut M&Ms, what? I don't, I don't go to the vending machine. That's how many people treat God. That's not faith. That's a vending machine. I go to him when I need something. He wants you to come to him when, he, you, when you need something, yes. But he loves you so much that he wants you just to spend the good times with him too. <laughs> not just when you're in need, but when you're having a great day, he wants to spend the great days with you as well. Not just crisis modes uh, all the time. Here's the other thing I would say about this when it comes to faith, living by faith. It doesn't take faith to come to church. 
takes faith to be the church. It doesn't take faith to come to church. <laughs> it doesn't take faith to show up on Sunday. It does take faith for me to love that coworker that I really don't like. It does take faith for me to pray for that coworker that I don't like working next to. It does take faith for me to pray for people that, man, I, I, I put me, pushed me outside my comfort zone. It takes faith to do that. And that's being the church. That's taking what we say we believe in here and putting it into our world and, and, and sharing the gospel. James says what? Be doers of the word and not just hearers only. He said, put some feet to your faith, and I promise you it will please God, and he will go with you, and he will give you the things that you are pursuing after as you go. The second thing I want to talk about is this. We're going to talk about amazing faith, right? The lack of it is this. Point number two is this. The lack of faith hinders God from moving to his fullest desire. Now stay with me on this, okay? The lack of faith hinders God from moving to his fullest desire in your life. Why is it important to live by faith? Let me show you a story in the life of Jesus. It's found in Mark chapter 6, and it's just six verses here. Let me read it. Jesus left that part of the country, and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed, and they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brothers of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon and his sisters live right here among us. But they were deeply, look at this, they were deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. Man, how heartbreaking for Jesus, right? These are people he, he knew as well. It's not they, they, they knew him, he knew them. And he wanted to move. He wanted his ministry to bless their life, to set them free from things that were going on. He wanted to impact their family but what? They were offended that he walked in with such authority and power and actually did some things. Look at verse 4. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, there it is, because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was, here it is, amazed at their unbelief or what? Amazed at their lack of of faith. So here's what's amazing. Did, did their lack of faith hinder God from moving at all? No. I love the perspective of God's word, though, is, is this, and even the New King James. The New King James says something like this, where he could do no mighty work there except to lay his hands on a few sick people and see them healed. But in, in our world today, right, if we see some people instantly healed, that's a mighty work, right? That's the things that we're going after. But for God, what was it? He's, he's revealing so much of the Father's heart. He says, I see your lack of faith. I see your unbelief. He said, I'm still heartbroken for you enough that I'm still going to lay hands on people who are sick and who need it, and I will see them raised up. But you are hindering me from staying with you and from working to my fullest desire. And I think that's what happens with us so many times. My lack of faith, it hinders God. Does it mean he's not moving in my life? No, but he's just simply saying, man, I could do so much more in your life if you would grow your faith and ask me. If you would diligently seek me and ask me, I could do so much more in your life. And he's almost pleading with us saying, come on, I have more for you. Trust me. You know, this past summer, uh, my son Gavin, another Gavin story for you. My, my son Gavin, he, 
Um, we went out to a place that had some water slides, and man, he, he did not, he's not a fan of big slides. He's not a fan of heights, and um, man, he did not want to go down these water slides. And, and there's this moment of, I'm like, me and Leslie, like, pleading with him, saying, trust us. I will go down with you. Like, I promise you, when you get to the end, you are going to love it, and you're going to want to do it again. Just trust me. And man, he would not. He was putting on the brakes. I mean, he, it was tears. It was the whole thing. I'm like, come on, man. And it, he wouldn't do it. But how many times has God doing that with us trust us you ever been in that situation that's how it was growing up I had two older brothers so many times they tricked me into doing stuff right and most of the time I guess well, it's probably 50 50 sometimes it was good sometimes it was bad but sometimes like going on a roller coaster my brothers talked me into it because they would be with me and all this stuff and I didn't want to and I was freaking out but afterwards I wanted to do do it again many times that's what God's doing with us would you trust me a little bit just a little bit more in this area just, just trust me and let me reveal my goodness to you. And once I do, you're going to get a taste of how good I am and you're going to want more. And you're going to come back for more and you're going to seek me even more. It's not just a one and done. He's inviting us to diligently seek him so that we grow our faith so that we can lean into him and say, God, I want more of you. And with you comes the things that I need in my life. Jesus still healed and he set free, but it was not to his fullest desire. And that's what's heartbreaking. He saw the people, maybe people that were friends of his as he was growing up, maybe people that were neighbors of his that were growing up, and he saw them, but he had to walk the other way because why? They were offended at his great faith. And here's another thing that I will tell you is this. As you grow your faith, there will be religious people who criticize you. There will be religious people more than the world. There will be religious people who say, well, you're getting a little too extreme out there. You're getting a little too uh, fanatic out there. You're pushing it a little too much. Can I tell you something? I would much rather push it a little too much and get to heaven and God say, wow, you really believed me when I said that. Yes, absolutely I did. Yes, I did. I'm, yeah, I leaned into it. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to lean into God and to please God. And when I see him face to face someday for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here, come, come on in. That's what I'm after. But too many times we get caught up and we're, we're leaning into God. But the enemy so many times will use some of your closest friends who are believers to squash your faith. To squash your faith. That's why you got to take inventory. Who am I surrounding myself with? Who, who am I listening to? We'll get to that here in just a second. Who am I listening to? Let's go to point number three is this. The opposite is also true. The greater the faith, the greater the miracle. The greater the faith, the greater the miracle. This should get us excited because here's what, here's what faith can do. I can work out my faith like I work out my muscles. Like I can get more fit. I can get more healthy. I can get bigger muscles if I want to, right? There's ways to do that. I can grow my faith on a daily basis. I can grow my faith. And as I grow my faith, I can expect what? More of the miraculous in my life. More of the miraculous in the people's around me lives because I'm going to be on fire for God and I'm going to use it to bless them as well. I'll say it like this, when I have the faith, whatever I have the faith for is what I can expect to receive. Let me say that again. What I have the faith for is what I can expect to receive. Now, that seems a little harsh, right? Like I want God to move and, and, and I'm trusting God. And we're going to look at this in a second. And God, and too many times we, we might fall into a ditch of God is so sovereign that we don't have to do anything. God is sovereign, but he's bound his sovereignty to his word, meaning he's not going to operate outside of this thing. 
He wants to partner with us to move in our lives. But so many times, we don't expect, we don't have the faith to expect to receive anything, so we never receive anything. And let me, let me show you this way. This is what we do with salvation, right? What I have the faith for is what I can expect to receive. What is the greatest miracle ever? Salvation. I have the faith, and this is what it takes, faith in Jesus, that God sent Jesus, his only son, to be a perfect sacrifice for me, to cleanse me of my sin, to make me holy and pure, and to bring me into right standing with him so I can be in in heaven with him someday. I have the faith to believe that, not by my works, but by my faith in him, by what he's done, not so that I can boast, but it's all him. And God can meet me right there. And I can expect to have my sins forgiven, to be welcomed into his family, and to spend eternity with him. What's the greater sin? Or what's the greater miracle, rather? What's the greater miracle? To forgive, to forgive sins, every sin you've ever committed, or even the ones that you haven't committed yet? Or to heal, to set free, to meet that need? What is it? It's the, the weight of sin is death. If I carry it, if I don't deal with it, what's it going to do? It's, it's a hindrance. It keeps me from the presence of God. And so the greater the faith, the greater the miracle. It starts with salvation. That's number one. What I have the faith for is what I can expect to receive. Let me show you in the life of Jesus. This is so good. I saw this insight a few years ago, and this has blessed me tremendously. Let's read this story together in Luke 7. It says, At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman soldier was sick and near death. And when the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and to heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help this man. He says, they said, if anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people. He even built a synagogue for us. Verse 6, so Jesus went, look at this, went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and to meet you. Just say the word. From where you are, and my servant will be healed. For I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go when they go, or come when they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. In verse 9 right here. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. There it is, amazed at what? His great faith. He was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. This is what's interesting about this story. I've read over this so many times, and I've missed this so many times. And so if you've seen this from step number, or from day one when, when you read this story, bear with me. Sometimes I've got to read it a few times. Okay, here's what I see. When the Roman officer's faith was, Jesus, come lay your hands on my servant. Come to my house, lay hands on his servant, and he will be made well. What was Jesus' response? Okay. You got it. He was on his way to the house. It says just before he arrived. How, what's just before? Could he see the house? Maybe. Was he a few miles away? Maybe. We don't know. He was on the way. What was Jesus doing? He was meeting the officer's level of faith. Then the officer gets some, he, he got his faith built up somehow, and he says, no, you know what, never mind. Just say the word, and my, my servant will be healed. And what does Jesus do? It stops Jesus in his tracks Jesus doesn't go to his house. He says, that's where your faith is? That I would just say it and it would be done? Okay, let it be done. And Jesus goes about his way and what? He's made healed, he's whole. What did Jesus do? He met 
him at the level of faith that he had. When his faith was, come, let, come physically get here and lay your hands, okay, he'll be raised up. When his faith was, just say the word and it'll be done, okay, he'll be raised up. What's Jesus showing us here? Jesus is showing us that, and, and, and it's the heart of the Father, he loves partnering with people because partnering with people builds relationship and it builds intimacy. It builds relationship and it builds intimacy. Great faith pleases God in a great way. So many times we put God in a box and we say, God, you have to only move in this area or like this because it's done this way or whatever. We put God in this religious box saying, you have to work by our rules. Come lay your hands on him and he will be healed. But Jesus is saying, I'm so much greater. I have so much authority. I have so much power. If you would grow your faith, you would just say, hey, let it be done. And I said, I will meet you where your faith is. Just like he did the Roman soldier. Just like he did somebody who, who, man, the heart of God is amazing. When I know that, that should make me hungry to grow my faith. That should make me want to push it a little bit, right? Like, God, I need you to move. And I'm going to pray some bold prayers because I want to have amazing faith that you say, man, I haven't seen faith like this in a long time. And when he has, when he, God is looking to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are diligent and working towards him. What, what do we see here? He is looking for people that he can, they're praying in such a way that stretches their faith, that seems impossible. They're praying bold prayers. He wants to show up and meet them where they're at so that he can get the glory. Because when impossible things are, happen, what, what do people with great faith do? They say, look what God did. Look what God did. How much did a Roman, Roman officer, not even a Jew, how much a Roman officer, his faith showed about the character of God for us today? Just say it and it will be done. Man, whatever you have the faith for is what God can give. So what do you got the faith for? Maybe it's time to dream a little bit. Maybe it's time to dig deep a little bit and say, God, I need an answer in this area of my life. God, I need you to move in this area of my life. The Roman officer said, all you have to do is say it and it will be done. Here's the great news for us today, okay? Hear me on this. Jesus, whatever you need in your life, Jesus is the word of God. He's already said it. It's right here. What do you need? You can find it in here. What do you need? It's here. The, the Roman officer just say it. He said, just say it and it will be done. Guess what? Jesus already said it. It's right here. I can open this up and I can see. I got a red letter. Look, I can see everything that he said in here. And I can know exactly from the mouth of Jesus what he said and how it applies to me. And then I can go into the Old Testament and I can see, well, if God did it for them in this area, he can do it for me. Why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is on your side. But so many times we just got to build our faith a little bit and say, can I, can I believe for something that seems impossible? Can we get my mind out of the way for just a second for me to receive from God? Because this thing will hinder you. This is this earth filter and when impossible things show up and you get a negative report or you have something that comes against you, so many times our mind says that's impossible and it filters our faith. We can't let our mind filter our faith anymore. I've got to trust God in my heart. And I've got to say this, if God, if God says it in his word, it can be true in your life. Can I say that again? If God has said it in his word, it can be true in your life. 
And again, people will say, well, that's a little extreme. Well, you're living in denial. Here's the thing. Jesus said, woe to you when everybody speaks well of you. That may sound a little extreme, Pastor Dan. That may sound a little bit like in a ditch, Pastor Dan. But again, I'm not here trying to please any human. I'm here to please God. And someday I want to get to heaven. I want to see Jesus. And I want him to be amazed. As he was amazed at this Roman officer, I want him to be amazed at the kind of faith that I lived my life by. Is it easy? No, it's not. Does it take diligently seeking him? Absolutely. Every day. Relentless. No matter how I feel, no matter what's coming against me, I'm going to get in his word. Can I tell you something? Obedience will trump your feelings. Obedience will trump your feelings. You know how many days I, especially recently, I've been going through some, some health stuff. You know how many days recently I have felt, physically felt like, emotionally or mentally felt like getting in God's word? Not very, not very many. Did it stop me? Absolutely not. That's, that's diligence. And I'm not saying that to brag on myself. I'm saying what happens whenever I don't feel like worshiping, when I don't feel like reading God's word, when I don't feel like praying, what happens when I walk in obedience and I do those things instead, it drastically changes my emotions. Because I get into it for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, or ten minutes, and I start praying, I start worshiping, I turn on some worship music, and guess what? My emotions have changed. Now I have the want to, I have the energy, and I have the clarity of mind because I have just chosen to put on the mind of Christ, the helmet of salvation. Uh, by getting in his presence, I chose to put it on, and guess what? Any emotion that was keeping me from his presence is now rejected and thrown out, and now I can walk in intimacy with him. Obedience will trump your feelings. Don't let your, don't let your feelings trump obedience. That's, that's, if I can dare to say, sinful. Don't let your feelings keep you from intimacy with God. Here's the last point. I'll wrap up with this. Simple. Faith comes by hearing. How do we build our faith? You've been in church for a while. You know this. But can I tell you? <laughs> I need to be reminded of this. You need to be reminded of this. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is an ongoing thing. I say this every time I say this verse, but the literal translation is, so then faith comes by hearing and 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 on and on by the word of God. That's the more accurate translation. It's a never-ending thing. Faith comes by hearing. So here's the question. Here's two questions that fall into this that I would challenge you to ask. What are you hearing? This is number one. Number two is who are you hearing? Those two things will change your life because it directly affects your faith. And as we just looked, (laughs) when you have great faith, it pleases God in a great way and it, it can do miraculous things. What are you hearing and who are you hearing? What you allow in will determine the measure of your faith. So what's the majority of your time spent hearing? What music is the majority of your time? Am I saying you can't listen to a a good country song every now and then? No, I'm not saying that, right? For everyone that doesn't like country, I'm sorry. That's, I, if I'm gonna listen to something else, it's probably be country, so don't, don't bash me, okay? Does it mean I can't do that? No, and so I'm saying, what's the majority though? What's the majority of it? What are you consuming? What movies? What's the majority of your movies like? Is it garbage? Then guess what? Your faith is gonna be garbage. <laughs> that's the truth. Faith comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. 
What are you hearing? Come on. If faith comes by hearing, so does fear. So does doubt. So I'm stuck and I'm watching the news 24 hours a day. Guess what? I'm going to be full of faith or full of fear, anxiety, depression, worry. If I'm listening and I'm just watching garbage TV shows all the time and that's all I'm consuming, guess what? Your faith is going to be garbage. What TV shows? Who are you hearing? What people are you hearing? What friends are you hearing? What family members are you hearing? Who has your ear? When crisis happens, who do you allow in to speak? This is why I, when, I'll share what I do. When I face crisis, I have friends that I would consider good friends that they're one of the last people that I call. I talk to them from time to time, but they, we're friends. But I only share my crisis, my problems with people whose faith is greater than mine. Why? Faith comes by hearing. I want whoever I share my issue with, I want them to say, I see what's going on. Let's open this thing. Let's find out what God says about that. That's what I want their first response to be. Why? Because it's going to put faith in me. And if I can get faith in me, I can do something about it. And if they're full of faith, they can help me do something about it because we can partner together. The prayer of agreement. Who are you listening to? Sometimes I got to nudge out some family members who are just talking, but they don't have the faith. Doesn't mean I cut them off completely. I'm, I'm just saying, look, I'm not going to come to you right away when crisis happens. I need faith filled people around me. Your faith is built or destroyed by what you are saying as well. Because one of the greatest ways to build your faith and to hear God's word is to hear yourself saying God's word. The best way to hear God's word is by hearing yourself to say it. When I memorize verses or when I am in my quiet time and I read it out loud, loud enough for me to hear it myself, it changes everything. It puts more faith in me than any podcast will. It puts more faith in me than any conversation will. When I hear myself speaking confessions, speaking promises, reading God's word, it builds my faith and it boosts my faith. Sometimes this is why it's important to have a quiet time every day where you can get alone and you can read out loud. I promise you it will change your life. It changed my life. Not just reading quietly, not just whispering. I want to hear it. I want to hear myself say it. It'll build your faith. Here's the reflection question for you is this. At the end of your life, based on what we just talked about here, will God be amazed, and today may be a pivotal point for you, where you need to change some things. Will God be amazed at your great faith, or will he be amazed that you had access to his power through his Holy Spirit, and yet you lacked the faith to do anything about it? Let that not be said of us. Let that not be said of us, that we had access to his power to make the impossible possible, through the, his Holy Spirit, but we lack the faith to do anything with it. We just survived this life hoping that we could get to death someday and make it into heaven and then we'll be healed whole and happy. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is that? Right now. Pray for it right now. God's got good things for you. He's a good father. He has answers for you. He can meet your needs. He can, he can bless you. He can rock your world. He can change your family tree. He can, he can, man, he can get rid of any family curse that you have in your life right now that you feel like, well, I just got to deal with this because my family has been dealing with this. No. Supernaturally, spiritually, you got the blood of Jesus flowing through your veins. It may have been in your DNA before, but guess what? You've been born again into a new family. Let's have some faith to say it stops with me. It may have ran in my family, but then it ran into me. Come on, somebody. That's the kind of faith that I want to have. It may have ran, but guess what? Now you got to face me. 
I'm dedicated and diligently seeking this. And because of that, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to find some freedom. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you for giving us access to your power. Thank you for giving us insight into your heart. And God, today, we just take a moment to hit reset. (laughs) If we've been listening to things that don't honor you, if we've been allowing people to speak into our life that don't honor you and bring you glory, Lord, today we're making a choice that we are going to hear your word. Every day we're going to diligently seek you. We're going to build our faith. And we thank you that your word is true, that you will meet us. What we have the faith for, that you will meet us right there. God, if we have the faith for you to come and to lay your hands on and be healed, we, we know you're going to do it. But Lord, we want, to, we want to push it a little bit. We want to dream a little bit bigger. And we have the faith to say, if you've said it, we want to experience it. God, that's our heart today. We trust your word over any word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Before we sing this last worship song and before we have a time of prayer, here's what I'd like to do. I wasn't planning on doing this, but if I could have our our team, would you guys grab the communion elements? Um, I want to take communion really quick as we wrap up here. I'll have to snag one of those from you as well. We've had a lot of people in the past week who who have been sick, as we come into this time of the year, thank you, Shane. As we come into this time of the year, uh, our world tells us, well, it's, hey, it's flu season, right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but flu season doesn't exist in the Bible, right? That's something man-made. I got one. Thank you, though. And so here's what I want to do. I'm not going to settle for whatever man says is going on. I just want to take some power, and I want to push our faith a little bit and say, hey, we're going to believe for healing, not just for all of us in the room, but for our church family. We're going to believe um, for complete healing, and we're going to believe for refreshment in our covenant with God. So here's what I'd ask you to do. Would you go ahead and take the bread, get it out? Let me pray, and then we'll, we'll take the bread together. You can continue to get it out if you need to while I pray. Let me, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll take it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to take stripes on his back, the perfect number of stripes, for our complete healing. Your word says that he carried away our sickness, he carried away our pain and our disease. And God, right now, we wanna honor you and remember you in communion. And Lord, I pray for all of our church family in this room or at home that is dealing with some type of sickness or illness in their life. And God, right now, we take this by faith. We pray for complete healing that as we crush this piece of bread between our teeth, we're reminded that you were crushed so that we could be whole. Lord, we have your word. It's our receipt that it's been paid for, that we have been healed, and we declare it today. Any spirit of sickness, any sickness in our body, any germ, disease, cancer, any allergy, we bind you in the name of Jesus, and we tell you to get out and to loose in Jesus' name. You have no right to be in the family of God. By Jesus' stripes, we were healed, and we walk in it today in Jesus' name. Would you take the bread? You can get the juice ready. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you for your perfect blood that was shed for us. Perfect, spotless lamb of God. Thank you that you've, made, you've brought us into covenant with you. That means we have access to your kingdom. God, our heart today as we take this juice in remembrance of the blood that was shed, our heart today is that we would pray, Jesus, as you taught us to pray, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that you are so much higher 
that you are so much greater, that you are so pure, you are so righteous. There is nothing like you, no one like you. You have no second, you have no, you have no one who even compares to you. And God, we just thank you that we have access to your kingdom. We pray that your will would be done on earth in Abide Church as it is in heaven. Healing, salvation, freedom, in Jesus' name. Let's take the juice together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly game,